let's let's run this thing. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Beer Engine Podcast. You know it because you clicked on it. It's your fault that we're doing this yet again. Uh, it's Griff, uh, also joined by uh, one of the the newly released from from quarantine world traveler, or area traveler, or regional traveler, Tony, fresh off his um, a great adventure of of beer. Uh, this past weekend in Melbourne, Tony, you're looking, you're actually looking better than the last time I saw you when you were, um, struggling with some kind of, uh, respiratory illness, which, uh, somehow wasn't the respiratory illness that everyone else got, which sort of isn't even cool to get. You just got a normal (laughs) type. Yes. Um, but you're looking, you're looking healthier somehow. Um, now how did, how did you guys do? You guys have a nice time up there? Sure. Did have a nice time. It was definitely worth the the time it took to travel to Melbourne, uh, the, sure. the minimal cost of accommodation for the, for the time I had. Mm. I really saw perhaps, in my view, one of the greatest, uh, about a kilometre, kilometre and a half in area, beer meccas anywhere in the world, I think, that inner southeast corridor in Melbourne is sure. absolutely outstanding. So many quality places to actually check out beer, whether it be tap rooms or just mm. bottle shops because I know mm. uh, Slow Beer is nearby and we didn't get anywhere close to them. So. Didn't even do it. Yeah. Well, first we'll review all the places you didn't go and then we'll go to the ones that you went to. But um, figured we do a little bit, you know, we got to do what people come here for. We got to give them a little bit of a, you know, heads up on our, uh, whatever we got going on in Vegas or whatever and some sports and all that shit. So it was All-Star Weekend here in Vegas, Tony. I did what did watch. I do on All Star Weekend? Oh, did you watch one of them? Did you watch the Pro Bowl? No, of course not. I, that that is trash. All right. I watched the skills competition, whatever it's called, in the hockey while I was drinking at a pub. Yeah, that was actually pretty interesting, huh? I actually kind of enjoyed. Yeah, that was um, fun. I gotta say, I did you watch the one where they're on the fountains and they were shooting the yeah. shooting the puck into the fountain? The late the the woman was was awesome at that. Um, she only lost because the one guy went totally fucking bonkers but um and just made five in a row but uh we had the uh, those were the top two I, the guy who banged it out in 11 seconds she was 16 seconds and then everybody else was 30 seconds it was crazy but um no i enjoyed the skills i enjoyed the blackjack blackjack was good um, yeah i agree I didn't watch the game. All I heard was that the Vegas coach who was coaching the the, the uh, Western Conference team just kept saying he was hungover. <laughs> of course So I guess everybody just got fucking shit-faced the night before, which is pretty good. Um, so that was fun. Actually, it was, it was kind of cool um, to have that here. The Pro Bowl fucking sucks. Nobody gave a shit about it. Nobody yep. was there. Um, and uh, actually, before that, the funniest thing was that the college all-star game was on, oh, uh, was, was here also at the uh, – at the same Mac? stadium, and oh. no, it was no, it was uh, it was the football at at Allegiant, and I guess um, they were just hand, trying to give away fucking tickets to that, like just <laughs> handing to people on the street. There was nobody there, um, so those were not good. But the uh, the hockey I thought was pretty fun. Um, so shout out for that. I think they should do it in Vegas every year. I mean, 
you're not going to go to Columbus, Ohio and play shoot the puck into the little cups in the fountains. Uh, what are you going to do there? You're going to you know, do what anyone else does in Columbus, Ohio, which is around 4 p.m., flip the laptop on, try to pull off your little shit for a little while, and then see if you can't find something half decent to eat, which you probably won't, and then drink a flat beer. And that's about what I did when I was in Columbus, Ohio, so I figure everyone else about up to the same shit. Now, is this a regional thing in Columbus that it, they serve flat beer or you just went to a shitty venue that had flat beer? I think I just went to a shitty brewery um, it, just because, you know me, I'm looking for a brewery. And I was like, oh, this place has decent ratings on Google. And then I was like, yep, nope, not so good. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't turn out so well for me. But they should just have it in Vegas. Just have it in Vegas every year. Tony, you watching any of these here Winter Olympics? They're in. They're actually in kind of close to your time zone. You catching any of this stuff? I, I sure am. I'm, well, I'm not obsessed over the Winter Olympics like I, I used to be where that was something that I used to watch intently. I watch when Australia has a medal chance or it's a sport that actually interests me. They're probably not the same sports you watch. I'm not big into hockey. The one crossover we probably have is curling. Um, that's been really fun to watch. But I'm a big... The snowboarding. I would think the snowboarding. There's Australians in the snowboarding, right? Yep. Scotty James, big, big favourite there. But my number one event, whether there's Australians in it or not and this is a genuine both technically and for the falls, is short track speed skating. That's right. that's like my go-to. You guys want, that's, the, that's the one you guys want in too. That's the famous, Brad Bree, uh, you know, the, yep. guy, the guy who, the guy's strategy was wait for everyone else to fall, which they <laughs> did, and then win the semifinal and then do the same exact thing in the final and also win. Now that dude is, is commentating um, – on the coverage for us. And it's sure, funny. I, when figure, some, I mean, he's probably the most famous Olympic athlete in the history of Australia. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is. Um, but what he is like, Oh, this dude's strategy is to fall behind. He should be a, a meter further back. Don't get so close. You've got to give yourself room for when they crash. Yeah, out. Give yourself a little more room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, you're going to have to maneuver pretty quick. He was pretty old at that point too. I remember if I, if I yeah. recall, well, he's pretty, he was pretty in his mid thirties. Yeah. yeah. He had done, he had done, he had been through the ringers of the, of the sport. He know? basically has a scar from the, on the back of his leg from just below his knee to his ankle where it was sliced open yeah. and almost lost his life. And also has a scar on his neck where the blade almost no, chopped his God. carotid so artery. <laughs> Yeah, the carotid artery and also the uh, fucking femoral artery almost getting getting hacked up. Very cool. Well, no, he did get hit in the femoral artery. They were able to patch him. That's the one he almost died from. Jesus. Um, but um, hey, I, I, I got I got hacked up there too, but that was on purpose. So. Yeah. Um, but I will say we've had our first gold in I think it was twelve years uh, in the women's moguls. So another sort of freestyle skiing event that we So is this person – so we do have some people who are – is there anywhere you can ski in Australia? I mean, I'm sure in the north, north, maybe in the northwest. No, no, no. wrong wrong hemisphere, dude. Southeast is where you want to be in Australia on the Great Dividing Range. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. So where I live, the mountains are above me. They're north of me. So we're about an hour from dodgy snowfields. We're about an hour and 20 from decent snowfields. So they're they're nothing crazy, but we do specialise in moguls 
snowboarding and aerials. We're big into, you know, mm-hmm. where they they don't have any poles, but they, they do backflips off the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, not the extreme version off the big ramp. That's the original one. Um, and also um, a little bit of slalom, but not into your, your downhill skiing. We don't have the mountain for yeah. that. But generally our snow season only runs for for two or three months yeah. of quality yeah, snow. But, yes, where I live in Victoria, we get cold enough in the high mountains to actually ski and there are some in the lower parts of New South Wales as well. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think Threadbow's in New South Wales and mm. Perisher, and they're all part of that one complex. But Mount Hotham, yeah. uh, Falls Creek, um, I'm forgetting a couple of others in Victoria, are our big snow fields. Yeah. And, and they during non-COVID times, a lot of people check them out and they'll be getting a resurgence this year. I mean, it's hard to, the thing is that you can go down, you can go in Australia, USA, we have big snowy mountains here, you know, in hell, even not far from here in Flagstaff and in Colorado yeah. and stuff. But it is, it feels like it's still hard to replicate the, 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 the peak and the, 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 the height and the, um, the speed that you see from these the alpine skiers, meaning from the Alps alpine skiers, yeah, uh, sort yeah. of where it was named after. Uh, you these Austrians and Germans and shit, uh, and the uh, even Italians, in fact, seem to have a uh, an understanding of that of that type of trajectory in a whole other way, generational type way than we do. Um, although the Americans have gotten pretty good, and I know there's some good Australians too, but good good golly, those the Austrians and the Swiss and shit have have this shit together. Yeah, and it's always funny. In Australia, our, our team is sort of comprised by oh, 70 to 75% genuine Australian talents that were born in Australia and have then gone on to have international careers. And 25% of people that have grandparents or parents that allow them to be naturalised citizens. So right, that they, they're, from, they're, from, um, they're from Italy whatever, they're from Austria or something. Or they're from Canada. We had one of our... Canada, that's a good one too, actually, yeah. I should have thought of Commonwealth. I figured Commonwealth countries are probably the right ones, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a a real mix. Um, But Dale Begg-Smith, who was a really sketchy businessman, um, Mm. born in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, represented Australia and won gold for us. So, um, yeah, and... uh, I don't know whether he ever set foot in Australia, but he represented us. And the interesting thing with our, our mogul is, you know how they have the, the knee patches to to see whether your sure. knees are together? We have the Australian right. flag on our knees, which looks really cool. So there you go. Well, uh you know what? I I, uh, I enjoyed the moguls. I was I was sitting there watching them. We had we had a big hubbub here, Tony. This will you'll love this because you love this shit. Uh, I don't know if you know. You saw Madison Cawthorn. Uh, you know you love you love Madison Cawthorn. You, this I guy's d- great. He, I do love Madison Cawthorn. I love the fact that he may not be able to represent um, his. Yeah. He, oh, sorry, sorry. He may not be eligible for election in the next cycle because he gave comfort to those participating in an insurrection. And I use the word yeah. insurrection not from a Democrat's mouth, but from this guy called Mitch McConnell. Keeps using the word insurrection. I think, uh, what I like about him is that he can't walk. I think that's funny. Um, <laughs> Cripple hater. 
Yeah, fuck that. You know somebody will put together a Joe Rogan style compilation with all your offensive shit. I hope so. I think it's okay to make fun of the people who are killing you. I think you can say that it's funny that he's a loser and he can't walk. Fuck him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's a lady who um, uh, I can walk. I just want to brag. I can. I, I look at this, Tony. Check it out. Both feet. Look at that. Show off. Oh damn, that's crazy. Um, no, he uh, he he said something along the lines of, "I'm not going to find the tweet. It's not worth slowing my computer down for it." But it was something along the lines of, uh, if you are, uh, if you live in the U.S. or um, we're, ra- we're born in the U.S. and you represent another country, you shouldn't be allowed to come back. Um, which was, I believe, referring to the snow. I think she's a snowboarder, or maybe like a, maybe she's a. Um, it was a, it was like a, a, a style, one of the freestyle skiers. It was Eileen Gu was is her name, who's representing China, but I believe she lives in. Um, San Francisco and was raised in San Francisco. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, cool of him to say that, I think, uh, because it made it clear that he's a big dipshit. So yeah, he's a bigot and somebody that doesn't <laughs> understand that just because you are, uh, living and born in a country doesn't mean you don't have allegiances to other places and other family members. Not everybody, um, takes that John Fogarty song literally. Like, Fortunate <laughs> Son is not a fucking anthem, people. Yeah. That was a song yeah. about Donald Trump and Donald Trump's kids, uh, essentially, mm-hmm. and about privilege. And to to be a, a modern person, you need to have influences from all over the world and you need to take those influences from your, your parents, your grandparents, and, hey, represent whoever you want to represent. Um, yeah, as long as it's sure. not, it's as long as it's not the uh, um, Russian Olympic Committee, whatever the fuck they're called. Because Lord help me, Tony. I I don't want to I don't want to be too um, publicly uh, anti-nationalist. Uh, but if I if I if I had a this, I think I wouldn't have a choice. This is where I'd I'd be stuck um, with the U.S. But if but if if somebody if somebody was looking to poach me, I I would probably be. More than happy. I'd be smiling from ear to ear. Oh, Denmark, you want to take me? All right. Now, deal. It, I don't have anything to offer anybody is the problem. I really have no, I don't have any, other than creating content every week, I really don't have any, any qualities that I think any other nation would be seeking. Okay, the Danes, famously terrible at winter sports. They've got no winter culture to speak about. Sure. Um, what would you represent them in? Uh, what, are, what, what Olympic sport would I do? Yeah, I think winter I don't Olympics really, has to be winter. You, you're not a summer. I don't guy. think my physique lends me to anything but curling. Um, I think it would have to be curling. They're pretty good. I think they're pretty good at almost all of these sports. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I, there's no way I could do any sort of downhill event. Um, I've never ice skated in my life, so that's maybe one issue for most of those sports. Um, no, I could see you. Being- no, I think I'd be good at. You know what I would be good at, Tony? If if they need to fill out the 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 um the their uh, their um envoy right when they're walking around the track, if they just need someone to wear the red a red jacket and wave and swing a flag around, I think I'd do great at that for them. <laughs> so you're sort of the um like. A, I could be, a, I could be like a mascot. I think. I think I'd be. Yeah. Is uh, 
Is is equipment manager for the hockey team? I don't think I'd be good at that either. No, you got to lift. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not very organized. Is a problem for me. I think that would be. See, so this is really a problem. But I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to be calling me up. Speaking of your. Speaking of your. Um. Your countrymen, actually, Tony. Back to that. Uh, Joe Ingles, your your guy, Joe Ingles. Did you see that Joe Ingles has been traded? I say that because Joe Ingles has done a knee, so he's out for the season. So this is purely a salary cap shuffle um, on Portland's behalf. He won't ever suit up for Portland, I believe. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Utah get Nikhil Alexander-Walker back, of course, the less talented cousin of Shea Gildress Alexander. Um it's, but they get a guy that'll play, and they're in the they're in contention for well, that's something. What Anyways. I was going to say, there's nothing against Utah here. It's just a tragedy that Joe's done his knee. Uh, I do think he'll find his way back into the NBA, not as sort of that sixth man or even starter that he's been for Utah, sure. but as a guy that that won't fill up a stat sheet, but is invaluable in what he can do in keeping the ball moving around the perimeter. Uh, his ability to play solid, unspectacular defense, really undervalued skill in the NBA. There's there's not a handful yeah. of guys that can sort of, without getting steals and blocks, do what Joe can do. Uh, but really, yeah. his his ability is like that that hockey guy that that does the assists, but not the first assist. You know that that two passes away. He's yeah, really good seeing the, that. Starts the run, yeah. He, yeah. um, hey, bring him into the. He could be a nice eighth man for the Bulls if it went. And the Bulls could use a little defensive depth. We'll see how his knee, how his knee, um. Heals, well, that's going but. to be the big call. It's interesting. Um, in Aussie rules football, guys do their knees all the time, and they come back quite quickly. Basketball seems to be a sport where knee injuries are still a big problem as far as the recovery goes, and it takes years to get over them if you ever do. On I the plus side, I think the amount of the amount of pressure you're putting on your joints is is real tricky, and yeah. the amount of like quick quick cutting and the speed these guys operate at now is is just so so difficult. On the plus side, Joe was never an athletic dude. Well, yeah, he, I don't. He's not going to have to make up a lot. I mean, he really was more about like jump, like being able to get enough air on his jump shot, and then. Uh, uh, try to stay in front of people, and I think that's going to be the challenge for the knee is the lateral movement. But yeah, um, you and I know a lot about that, Tony. You and I are moving laterally all the time, like Madison Cawthorn, yeah. who isn't moving laterally or forward or backward really in any meaningful way without using wheels. So I am getting somebody <laughs> is going to take that out, and they're gonna, they're going to fucking try to pin me to something. But actually, I think that'd be good for us. That would probably be good for our yep. popularity, right? Yeah, that would be good. Um, Tony. Uh, you know what? I think it's time for you to give us your big trip breakdown. You were posting in the Discord, so maybe as a precursor to our Discord segment, um, we could. Uh, you, you took a little, uh, maybe one of our very first listener meetups. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, at least in our first handful, because I know we've had some of our other guys out here in Vegas, but um, looks like you were having a nice old time there in Melbourne. So why don't you give us a rundown of some of the joints here? Yeah, I caught up with Nick Talk. Um of course, familiar to all our Discord posters and even even people that are not on our Discord that, that listen to the show. Um, I'm, we've mentioned him many times. Uh, I caught up with him. He, he sort of 
dropped me a line and said, come down to Melbourne, we'll catch up, I'll buy you a few drinks. Boy, boy did he buy me a few drinks. Um, yes, looks like it. So we decided to concentrate on the northeastern corner just out of the Melbourne CBD in an old mm-hmm. suburb around the Collingwood and Richmond region. So we met up at one of the places that was open at midday. A lot of these places and places opened after 2pm, so we were limited in what we could choose midday on a Friday. We went to Craft & Co., which uh, they're sort of a jack-of-all-trades. All they do um, beer. Mm-hmm. They do uh, distilling, so gin mm. specifically, and they have a good charcuterie and butcher shop all in the one one spot. All right. But we it's started kind of a the cool day off right there. Type place, yeah. yeah. We started the day off right there. Did you want to take a guess at what we what style we went for with our first beer? I'll give you five points for the exact style, and I'll give you one if you're in the ballpark. Mm. You start your day at a place that makes gin. It was beer, 100% beer. No, I know, yeah, and uh, they have charcuterie. Now, we didn't pair it with charcuterie. We paired it with what they called pork scratchings, which was really pork crackle, not pork scratchings. Oh, boy, if I had a choice, I would drink some Pilsner with that pork cracklings, but what did you end up with? That's one, one point because we went with a Japanese rice lager to start, so that's close oh, not enough. far off. That'd be tough for me to hit that one, <laughs> I think, but yeah. Sure. All right. That's a good – I like Japanese rice lager. Yeah, and second beer was a Pilsner from Craft & Co. Mm. as well. So that that's a place that is on the main strip. It is very trendy. Uh, it's appealing to a crowd, but their lagers were good lagers. There was nothing offensive about them. Again, that's, mm-hmm. there'll be one making a, an appearance on Lager of the Week this week. All the, right. Then we headed off to Mully Rose. Which is, it was either Molly Rose or the Mill. I'm not sure which order these two came in. We did a lot during okay. the day. Oh, no. Yep. Can keep my It looks straight. like Molly Rose was first. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like yeah. Molly Rose and then Mill. Molly Rose is one of my more favorite breweries. It's mm-hmm. old school. It reminds me of the Moondog OG. It's operating out of an old warehouse. And their beers were phenomenal. Now, in COVID times, much like everywhere in the world, we've been allowed to have more tables out on the footpath. And they took advantage of that. They constructed a bunch of benches and they put you right on the edge of the road. Mm. And it was killer to sit right beside the traffic. Uh, Melbourne sun, I got sunburnt, my head Healed yeah, after. I was noticing you looked a, a bit. You were looking a bit rosy. Yeah, and and that's because of the sun I got at Molly Rose and the mill. Uh, we sat outside at okay. those venues, but we, we were sitting right on the road itself. We were having phenomenal beers. Uh, again, there'll be a beer that makes an appearance in Beer of the Week. Um, really unusual styles that they were doing. Specialised more in the sours. Did a lot of sours. Uh, did some hazies. Any fruit gloop? Uh, no fruit gloop. This was a mm. really – Molly Rose was really about crispness and purity of flavour. Right. I mm. will be looking at their online profile to see if they've got any takeaway beers at all. Um, a lot of their stuff was available on draft. Mm. Okay. Now, the right. mill – That sounds good. 
we moved around the corner essentially to the mill. It wasn't a far walk at all. Um, I was disappointed because the beer I wanted, he was having trouble with the keg. Now, did you want to take a guess at I will give you a hint. I will say it's one of your most favourite styles from the mill. Mm-hmm. It's not gloop. It's the other end of the. It's the other end of the spectrum, but it's also cloudy. Uh, is this like a Keller? The Keller pills? Yes, the Keller pills. Yeah, okay. I couldn't get a Keller pill because yeah. he was having trouble with getting. Sometimes it the out kegs of the are a little finicky when you because you kind of have to you have to shake them. You have to like roll them up a little bit. And then you're fucking with your shit. So, yeah, yeah I, I get you at some of that Keller beer. You know, the way to drink it is when they pull it right off of the fucking bright tank. That's the good way to drink it. Yeah, they didn't have um, anything off the bright tank. There is a place in now in North 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 in North Carolina, North Carolina, that had um they had a tapper right on the bright tank, just of their Keller pills. Everything oh. else they had a you know they had a keg fridge, but then they just had one sitting right on the fucking bright tank of the of the pills. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, the mill, my highlight there was the um, pink lemonade sour. Again, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, we're talking twenty-eight degrees Celsius, which is what mid seventies in American yeah. money. Um, this mosaic pale ale would have had me going. I, I'd be into that. I think Nick um, had a hazy at the mill, or I might have had a hazy at the mill, and it was pretty good. Had a hazy is called Pleasure Planet, Tony. Yeah. And uh, I'm just looking at the menu here. Yeah, this Keller Pills, the Mosaic Pale. You know I'm into that. That sounds good. All right. So then we, um, after sitting at the front of the the mill, we decided to make our way. We were actually headed to Fixation Brewing, but we were really disappointed with their tap room. Didn't look to have a lot going on. So we skipped across the road to a brewery that, that Nick talk wasn't in love with the stuff that he had before, but I will say what we chose off their specialty menu was was pretty good, and that was um, Bodrigi. Um, okay. Is this the place where you had the porter, where we have the picture of the Imperial Porter here? That is the place where we have the picture of the Imperial Porter. It's also the yeah. place where we have the f- photograph of the guy in the uh, safari suit. Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing a he's wearing a, a suit, sort of a Bart. He's wearing some Bart Simpson style shorts, but they have um, with a suit jacket. But the jacket is a rainbow colored. Uh, we'll call it a tiger print. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, his hair, <laughs> and I saw someone with hair like this actually recently, Tony. And I I can only describe it as business in the front, Macklemore in the back. <laughs> was the way I described the hairstyle. Bravo. Um, Bravo. And I think he has, he has sort of the Macklemore pulled back, sort of back, but the front is parted, you know, normal, like somebody's going yeah. to like a business meeting. I actually saw a fellow with hair exactly like this um, at a happy hour we were at this week, but um, that that's pretty good. No, this guy's looking good. Now, now this, this place's menu looks cool. It's on one of those old... You know, menu boards, the white menu boards with the sliding yeah. um, letter tiles. And it looks like they had cocktails too, Tony. They did. Um, extensive extensive mm. spirits um, would have been right up Brian's alley. Now, this is a place that is more style over substance. I don't say that in a bad way, but this is on trend. This is all about yeah. being seen. It's 
a gorgeous brewery to go into. It is looks nice. Perhaps the nicest location out of all of them. You're in a suburb that has been gentrified, um, but their beer stood up. The the beers that we had, which was off more into their specialty lines, their their one offs. I was very happy that porter that that Nick had tasted like chocolate bullets. Are you familiar with chocolate bullets? They're chocolate bullets. Okay, they're little pieces of licorice covered in chocolate. Oh yeah, we don't have we don't we don't do lic- Tony. I remember here people don't like licorice here. <laughs> I like it, but licorice is very unpopular. Um, see, I like. Um, I know what you're talking about, though, that flavor. There is actually a candy I really like, and I forget the name of it, but it has the – are you familiar with what – you know Maltesers. You know what Maltesers yep. are. Uh, we call them Whoppers here. But, yes, um, Maltesers are far we, better than Whoppers. I've had both. They are. But there is a candy I had from Iceland that has sort of the texture of a Malteser where it's sort of a, a like that malt, like that crunchy ball – but yep. the taste is licorice. The taste of Ooh, the inside is licorice. So it's crunchy and has the chocolate wrap and you chop it down and it has a licorice flavor. It's it's very good. So I like that combo. Yep. I, I And it, you would have loved this beer. It, it was yeah. really, really nice. I, I miss that taste with stout and porter. You know, they, you used to get a lot of those that had this nice um, kind of licorice dryness and, and flavor to them that's yep. been... It's just been phased out for sugar. I mean, we just replaced it with, we're like, damn, I don't like that licorice taste. Why don't I just put a candy? Why don't yeah. I just do chocolate, chocolates, more chocolates in there? And it sort of, it, it killed that flavor that you would get typically from like, kind of naturally often from roasted malt, you would get yeah. that licorice Definitely. taste. But it's um, gone now. Bodrigi, they were interesting in the fact that they had two different beers on Bright Tank. So that, that's actually um, an unusual to get mm-hmm. two different beers off off two different Bright Tanks. The other point of note at Bodrigi is we had our first real bite of food. We just snacked throughout the day, which I think is a sensible move. Don't know whether you agree or yeah, not. Yeah, you got you to just keep eating. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had olives at Molly Rose because we both love olives. We had pork yeah, crackle that, yeah. at Craft & Co. Mm-hmm. But we had tacos at um, Bodrigi. Okay. They, they were the uh, purple corn tortillas, of course. D- don't know I like that, there. though. I, I mean, that's not – I mean, whatever. Yeah. But we, we – Don't let the haters get to you, Tony. <laughs> but the ingredients within the taco and the tortillas themselves were great. Uh, the swordfish taco for me was the standout among the, among the plates that we had there. So yeah. we then wandered the down – Sorry, did you did you, now? Did you get to play video poker tournament at your fish taco place? Or no, no, I did not. I did not oh, get to lose a free. What a rip, what fucking rip off! <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get to lose eighty dollars at the no. taco place. Weird. No, and right. then I moved down to Stomping Ground. Now Stomping Ground is a a brewery that I'm familiar with, but I'm familiar with their core range. Their core range is available at Dan Murphy's, which is essentially our version of Binnie's. Or yeah, is sure. there a Vegas version of Binnie's? Oh. Total wine. Total yeah. wine and spirits. Total um, wine sucks more than Benny's, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So their, their core range is available. They've got a sour. Everything is like middle of the road, inoffensive. It's fine. Go to their brewery, not expecting much. Gorgeous tap room. Second, mm. s- s- third to D- Deeds and, and Bodrigi. 
they just is this the place that Nick has with the Roush beer in here? Uh, let me check the Discord. Kind of black, kind of black. Uh, some blackish walls has some nice plant greenery hanging from. The, yes. It looks like a nice yeah. joint. Yeah. yeah, Nick ordered the um, or did we both order the big one from there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick's a Nick's, Nick can put him down. So he was going with the big, big version. This looks like, I mean, it says Roush, so I'm guessing it's a Roush beer. That is a Roush beer. I think we both ordered a big one of the Roush beer. Um, that nice was the only, call. only, yeah, it was, it was pints. And that was a killer fucking Roush beer. I didn't check that one in, but holy shit balls. Right. That, that was a great Roush beer. That's exactly what right. you want from a Roush beer. Loved Stomping Ground. Their Roush beer, not part of their core range. Their Wit beer, which we ordered, not part of their core range. Their Wit beer that we didn't order but got for free, not part of their core range. Their Belgian Golden Strong that we ordered and got the Wit beer instead, not part of their core range, but we got the Wit beer for free, so that's a bonus. Um, yeah, take a freebie. But their Belgian Golden Strong was the exact Belgian Strong I want on a warm summer's day. Yeah. What's what's the alcohol on this on this Belgian strong? What uh, are we looking at here? I'll, I'll, Six, seven, we're looking, oh, we're looking at like seven, eight. Seven, that, eight. That the, okay. I'm sure of it. Um, stomping ground, uh, Belgian. Not 10, though, right? No, we're not saying like 10 or 10 or 11. I, let me look it up if All I right, can find whatever. it. But, it doesn't really matter. But it, I will say it, it drank light, but I don't think it was yeah. as light as what I thought. Uh, no, I doubt it's not. It's not going to be 5%, right? It's going to be in the 8 to 10 range would be my yeah. guess. I'm sure it's in the 8 to 10, but it, it drank like crisp pear rather nice. than rather than sort of that banana estuary. Hmm. Right. Not too sweet. Yeah, not too, not too cloudy, not too sweet. Yeah, no, definitely you. not cloudy. That's why we were confused when we got the wit beer. It was right. cloudy. It was, it was cloying, not cloying. It, it was, um, it was Sometimes cloudy. It was under attenuated. Just are tricky to drink. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what do you? So, so yeah. All right, that sounds good. Yeah. So uh, what's next? You know, you're here. You know, what, what do you got? Got to shout out their pretzels when uh, you. Um, Order a pretzel. You want it to be buttery. You want it to be cheesy because we ordered the cheese pretzel. Yeah. Um, no, I do want cheese in my cheese pretzel. And of course, it was you. It had dipping mustard on the side, which is absolutely key. You either need to go with melted butter or dipping mustard. You got to go with the combo. You know, the trick is now. Tony over here, at Craft House, a mere five minutes from my house. One of the handful of food items you can get is a big pile of buttery pretzels. With some cheese dip, but if you ask if you ask my lovely wife here how she likes her, she's doing both. She wants cheese and the mustard in the same bite. She wants a little mustard, a little bit of the cheese. The mustard helps even out the cheese a little bit. Um, and I gotta say, I think I agree. So I think I'm on your side here. Yep, uh, I think that's a great combo. Great tap room. They use the barcode ordering system, the QR code ordering system, which mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of. It meant I could actually pay for some of the meal. Um, then they actually just show up too, which is nice. I did this at Wellworks. Yeah. Like you ain't got to go up to the bar or anything. They'll just stay. You just click it in, 
they've got you stored on the menu there and they just show up at your table. You know, you got to put, get your table number on there and they just kind of cruise up to you with your, with your booze. Yeah. You don't even have to put your table number in each. Uh, Each individual table has its individual barcode. Oh yeah, that's true. We didn't have to, you're right. Yeah. You don't have to put it in. It just, it just does it for you. Yeah. I will say stomping ground were the most, which can't blame them. I think they had an outbreak of, of COVID, but they were the most officious, um, group when it came to masks. So oh, sure. we um, walked in, we didn't have our masks on, we didn't need to, we were outside where the check-in point was. Right, yeah. And we were asked to put them on, which is fine. Um, they checked our ID, which is great. Every place checked our ID. Really right. big fan that the anti-vaxxers can't come and drink. Suck on right, that, yep. you pieces of shit. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck them. Um, but... Uh, he, like, gave us the big rundown. You can be unmasked at your table. If you go up to the bar, you must wear a mask. You can only, if you go yeah. to the toilet, you must wear a mask. You can only yeah, get I mean, up and move around. Much, yeah. Supposedly that's what it's supposed to be like here. Um, but <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that ship sailed, yeah. But most of the people we saw were being responsible. Nick and I were at our own table. It's not like people were coming between tables and just chatting with us unmasked. Everybody was in their own space at all these different places. So stomping ground, the last one in that really dense corridor of beer, Mm -hmm. uh, a surprise hit for me. It was a brew that I didn't hold out much hope for. I don't think their core range is great, but I think their home ground series is absolutely phenomenal. Now, Rambler's Ale Works was sort of a, a bridging place, um, much like the Royston, which we didn't end up going with because Nick didn't realise that I'd been there a bunch. But Rambler's I went to not primarily because they were brewing their own beer but because it had a connection to my hometown. One of the guys that started sure. it came from Mafra. So that's that's the only All reason right. I wanted to check it out, to support the, the locals. But that is the one place we did tasting paddles. Everything else, we uh-huh. just ordered a small beer and it was um, choose your own tasting paddles, which I know you're opposed to, I'm opposed to. So <laughs> I didn't you actually... Did it anyways. No. I said to the bartender, you choose the beer. Ah, all right. And he, he was... Probably, probably even more annoying in a weird way, but yeah. Well, it's interesting because they don't have a lot of beers. I think they had four on tap. And then they had a lot of guest beers on tap. Oh, that, sure. That's sort of their business model. So what he ended up doing, which I thought was genius, is he went from one tap from Ramblers, one paddle from Ramblers. The other paddle was all guest beers. Okay. And my favourite from Ramblers was the brown ale or the dark okay. ale. And it was an old school English brown or dark, sort of that nutty, roasty malt flavour that you get. It was fully attenuated, which in that style, a lot of people leave that beer short and don't dry it out sure. enough. So I was a big fan of, of that beer out of out of the tasting paddle that I had. It is a place that was absolutely hopping. As I said, it was away from this, this smaller corridor in an area that really struggles for, for quality bars. This is an area that I used to live right right by and it was absolutely hopping it was it was sure. surprisingly busy for for a new place so it's great to see them succeed their beer was top quality 
and especially in the non-trendy styles, they were on point. So, and it's not to say Nick and I didn't have hazies, but this is a problem that I now understand with you is how do you tell one hazy apart from another? They're all fucking great, but they all kind of taste the the same. You have the good ones or the bad ones, right? So you have the bad ones and then you have the ones that you like. And that's pretty, and then you have the sweet ones, which it depends, you know. So it's it's variable, yeah. And and by I, this I, point, my hazy content is cut back quite a bit. Yeah. And at this point, I I was fairly um, reaching towards my limits, but I did save myself some room both for food and beer. Uh, at a legend for this show, you know, it's the place I mention more than my brewery mm-hmm. of the year. That is right. Deeds Brewing. They yeah, did yeah. not let me down. Out with their their tap room it was certainly the fanciest of any tap rooms that we went to you can see they're making yeah they're making a shit ton of money at deeds good on them uh their beer was phenomenal nick and i sat right at the entrance at the bar um again i'm a big fan of even at a big place like deeds letting the bar staff choose my first beer and made two killer choices. Nick got the hazy. I got the um, the sour. I forget specifically what the sour was at that point. But top quality Deeds beer mixed yes. with phenomenal food. We had awesome. duck liver parfait and oysters. And I ordered parfait. the... Are there some... Are these like pomegranate seeds in here? What's yes, in here? they are. Duck pomegranate yeah, seeds, yeah. yeah. All right. So that... that Pop in texture and the acidity against the richness of the duck liver parfait. Absolutely Sounds phenomenal. Good. I actually gave Nick the second oyster, which I didn't think I was going to, but those oysters are damn good. And it's, and it's really um, interesting when you eat with somebody else who eats oysters because oysters are a really hit and miss thing, kind of like olives. Not everybody mm. is a raw oyster fan. Where do you stand on the raw oyster? I love them. I've eaten, I've eaten 24 of them at once. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Walrus. You got the best place for oysters. You're my, my folks stateside, best place for oysters in the country. Well, there's three really good ones I've been to three of the, the three very best places. Number one is Walrus and Carpenter in Seattle, Ballard district. Number two is, um, Neptune oyster in Boston, uh, in, uh, whatever, nor- I forget what the little Italy there is called, but in that part, and the number three was uh, Thames Street Oyster House in Baltimore. There you go. There's your oyster <laughs> joints. Send me your favorite oyster joints. Don't have an honorable mention, although I did might go to a place in Halifax. <laughs> uh, actually, so maybe I do. I did go to a place in Halifax called Lot 6 that has dollar oysters every day for happy hour. Dollar Canadian. So 80 cent. And these are like out of the water over there. Uh, in Nova Scotia, so yep. um, they were dope as hell. So there you go. Eat those are your oyster joints. Rock on, gang. Uh, all right, Deeds, you did it. Did uh, you drink any of this? So Nick's saying you guys drank some BBA stout. You get in there? Uh, were you part of that? I did have a sip, but at that point I'd reached my limit, and if I had have had more, yeah. I, I would have overstepped the mark, but I was right on my limit. I didn't overstep my mark. I'm so glad. I only took a sip of that um, bourbon barrel-aged Imperial breakfast pastry stout, but I have a ton of those. I've had a ton of those deeds yeah, ones, had it, yeah. um, so, and they're always great. They are better on tap. I will say that they are fresher. The vanilla pops more. Uh, it's it's not quite as flabby. It's a little bit more sure. focused on tap, which you're Good. probably familiar with. 
Yeah. So you, how'd you wake up? What kind of condition you wake up in? Um, not super sore because, as Nick mentioned on the Discord, it was eight and a half hours later. I had that night to sort of sit around my hotel room wasted, but a chance to sober up before I went yeah, to probably bed. Probably like eight. What did you get home, eight, seven, uh, eight? Probably nine by the time I, I actually nine. got so home. You got a couple of hours, watch it, watch a little TV, drink yep. some water, try to get your mind about you and then go to sleep. Yeah. Yep. And then um, woke up, had breakfast down at the bottom of the you hotel. Wake up. Made made bus into the room. Oh shit! <laughs> no, I've learned uh, my lesson. The sign goes on the night before. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got to make sure everybody's clear on what you're doing in there. Um, so he says, yeah, any any big adventures? Sounds like you guys you guys run into any uh, any freaks out there in in the big city or what happened? Not really. I I did catch up with my cousin the next day. We just went to a a city bar. Um, we were going to go to their their upstairs upstairs bar but it was it was absolutely packed so we went downstairs and we were sitting opposite victorian's parliament house oh, uh, yeah. Vic- victoria being my home state exactly sure. the same as america we have we have states and we have territories well you guys don't have territories but um, there we do puerto rico i think is a territory <laughs> yeah but our territories have representation but not, not as much that's oh, yeah. the difference Right. Okay. Yeah. okay, so I was sitting across from there and I knew my cousin had had trouble getting in because he came in from the west and he's like, these fucking protesters, they're, they're in my way. He almost hired one of those electric scooters, you know, those pay-by-the-minute yeah, electric cow, scooters. Cow catcher or something, yeah. <laughs> Ours are called Lime, I think they are. Um, yeah. But he ended up walking. He was a little late. And um, we caught up for a couple of beers and, it, and we were sitting opposite Parliament House in this pub just watching all the goings on. And, of course, there was a protest. Did you want to take a guess with the protest? Uh, you know, I can only assume it was Vax or Mask. So um, I'm going to go with Mask. Correct. Well, it's both. They, they, they cover both bases here. They're just teaching. They're just hitting them all, yeah. Yep. I figured it wasn't for uh, – I figured you're – you and your brother, or, uh, your cousin. cousin sorry, weren't, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think your brother was coming. Uh, I figured you and your you and your cousin weren't mad about um, like a, a protest of um, a- Aboriginal uh, no. people or something. I think that would probably be you know you kind of realize why it had to happen. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, but um, the anti-maskers may you might lose your mind about. Well, yeah, we were kind of amused by it because their numbers weren't great in the end. And I had come across another protest that it had even smaller numbers, and that was in front of the Hermes or Hermes shop. You know that upmarket Hermes. Hermes. Tony, it's Hermes. Yeah. And we had animal rights activists protesting um, about Australian caged animals. But the anti-maskers was kind of fascinating because they they blockaded themselves on on the parliament steps mm. and we had two um different scenes going on at the same time we had the protesters right at the base of the steps and then we had bridal parties and i say no. bridal parties plural because we saw at least four separate bridal parties taking photos in front of the Parliament House. Yeah, they want the I mean, to. I mean, there must be. I guess. I mean, it's probably a nice-looking building, right? So people. It want really to take is. A picture in front of it, and yeah. Because of funny. course, Melbourne's architecture is famous because of our wealth during the gold rush era. It was sure. a street that was essentially paved in gold. So we do have some beautiful architecture, and. 
it is one of the most popular places to take photographs, but it was just an interesting place to actually see sort of these this small group of maybe 400 people. And sure. it was a mix of Southern Cross flags, um, uh, just a bunch of, of riffraff and white nationalists. We didn't see either of them, but my cousin and I were taking bets on what would see first, either a QAnon flag or a... Um, swastika or something. No, not swastika. What's the southern flag? Oh, Confederate flag. The Confederate flag. We didn't see either either of those two do, things. Do but people we actually see. care about that in Australia? People are carrying Q and and Confederate flags around? Good Lord. Absolutely. Um, Q has reached deep into Australia. Q has not nah. left Australia untouched. I want to make that clear. So. He's there. Who knows? Yep. Um, all right, Tony. Sounds like you guys had a hell of an afternoon and evening. Um, sure did. Jealous. Well, Did, I'm, uh, can I just give you of, a brief rundown of the places that people need to hit up? There All right, are, yeah. There are three places I think people need to hit up um, in any order. Deeds, because it is fucking Deeds. Their, their beer is killer. All their beer is killer. It's a first-class joint. Uh, stomping ground, because of everything that they have on tap that they don't sell mm-hmm. nationally. And Molly Rose, because it's an old school craft yeah. brewery that does great fucking sours. Um, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I'll next time. I'll I'm just hitting all these. I'm, I don't care if I'm there. I just got to go to all eight, so it doesn't matter to me. I'll just I'll just hit them all, or I'll just live in Deeds. That's probably one of my other options. <laughs> uh, well, Tony. It looks like I'm trying to get back on the beer travel scene as well because um, I'm giving yet another – my third attempt for this podcast, it'll be my third attempt to go to the Mickler Beer Celebration. I am making I've, – I've, I've thought about it long and hard if I really wanted to, to pull the trigger on it because it doesn't seem like any of my travel plans can truly hold – but I've decided to give it another shot. It seems like whatever it's going to be is what it is um, for COVID. So <laughs> I might as well get back on with it. So the flights are booked, Tony. The tickets are bought. I'm going to be there. N- n- fingers crossed about 90 days from today, May 13th, for NBCC going to the yellow and red sessions, which is the Friday, Saturday sessions. So if you are one of our Listeners who uh, could be somewhere around there or are interested in going with, you hit that yellow and red session. You'll find you'll find us there. Um, I'm taking the the fun route, Tony. The fun air, the fun travel route, which means I have to go to Chicago for a couple days first, and then um, so going to Chicago for a couple days, gonna see the fam, and nice. then because it's much easier to get to Copenhagen from Chicago than it is from Las Vegas. So then. Uh, Really? Taking the classic, yeah, oh yeah, it's just, it's just. Can you get direct from a, Chicago? You could. I'm actually not doing that. Um, I could, uh, despite a, I had a long battle with SAS last year, so I, um, I decided to stick with my guys over at American Airlines um, and their crew and their crew of airlines. So taking the old London, the Heathrow to Copenhagen uh, stopover, and then the uh, the classic route home, Tony. You're gonna like this. Uh, Copenhagen to Helsinki, uh, to Chicago, 
the Helsinki uh, to Chicago classic route, Helsinki to Chicago. Uh, are you, are you actually going to um, spend some time on the ground in Finland, or it's just? No, a I, w- I would love to, but it's just I'm just I'm just connecting. Yeah, I would love to spend some time in Finland. I'm I'm dying to go somewhere like that. The uh, it's one of the more unusual Nordic states, but just um, I, I'm kind of I'm trying to keep this one compact uh, in hopes that if I if I can at least just get to Denmark. That's good for me. Let's just yep. get that done. We can add. <laughs> God knows what anyone else is going to do before then. Let's just hope I can. I can get. I can get that far. So, I'm pumped for that, Tony. I, I think. Um, you know, I know Mickler's had it. Um, transgressions here. It seems like they're on the reconciliation path, as it were. Um, so I have my fingers crossed that both from a labor and um, guilt and from an experience standpoint and an ability to get there standpoint, I hope all of, all of the good things happen. So let's see. Now, One more time. Is there any business or any person that's going to be unscathed in these times? And that's not to give no. places an excuse, but don't we all need to learn from our behaviour? It's kind of something that's been on my mind with this whole Joe Rogan and Spotify thing. And there are certain people that are saying, oh, you can't shut Joe down. It's just free speech. And if you shut him down, what mm-hmm. will happen? But I, I was thinking about it. And I'm not cancelling Joe Rogan forever. Ever. But if you're spreading misinformation about a pandemic in the time of a pandemic, then you need to be shut down. Right. You can right. be forgiven after that. Cancel culture doesn't last forever. There's a few people that have been cancelled fraternity and they've been heinous people. Bill Cosby, the dude from sure. Glee. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's about it. That's all that comes to mind. Maybe Jim Brewer because Jim Brewer has lost his fucking mind. Yeah, um, I mean, but, yeah, like Chappelle hasn't been cancelled. The guy could sell an arena out tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, he's not cancelled. Give me a break. And let's cheer for re- redemption. Like, Howard Stern has said some abhorrent things, but he hasn't said anything abhorrent lately, and he's owned up to his shit in the past. Yeah, um, sure. I mean. And time I, and I mean, place matters. You. That's all I want yeah, to say. Absolutely. Like, around council culture time and place matters like i don't think jimmy carr should be cancelled over a couple of holocaust comments i don't think it's (laughs) certainly as bad as as whoopi goldberg's i think she's ignorant Mm. do i think she'll be cancelled no uh do i think she deserves some blowback yes because her comments were misinformed and yes they were offensive and yes she needs to learn from them should she be cancelled forever for those comments, no, but for her yeah. jokes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. I would, I would argue that somewhere like Mickler or some, in a lot of these places that have made, that have, uh, have certainly have, they've bad management, bad HR policy, non-existent HR policy, bad labor uh, conditions. Um, I would say, um those things are true while simultaneously for probably another large segment of the people. Um, it was maybe, uh, a, a, an important part of their career, right? So there's a lot of problems. Um, I'm not, they shouldn't be elite. Uh, they, they, I mean, some people probably should never be forgiven, especially people who are managers there that were being total pieces of shit. Agreed. But, 
at, at the end, you kind of just have to, they, you have to do what you can. And then we all have to, we're going to have to figure out what's next. So I'm just going to this, I'm just going to the thing, you know, so we'll see. Yeah. Worst case, if, if every, if they, beca- if they do something else awful, I'll at least just be in Denmark. So least, <laughs> I guess that's fine. Um, yeah, Tony, uh, you know what I think we should do? Um, uh, we should just jump right into the discord segment is what I think we should do. All right, Tony. Damn, look at all these pictures from Nick Torque. What was he up to? Just kidding. We just talked about it. Um, looked like you guys had a nice time there, though. Yeah, all the pictures are up there. If you if you get on our Discord, you can see what Tony and Nick were doing. Just drop us an email or send me an Instagram note, and I will get you in the Discord. Um, Tony, what else we got? W Tudes. Guess what he was doing? Drinking Revolution stouts or barley wine. Oh my god, <laughs> he was drinking um some a couple a couple uh, snifters full of VSOR. He had the uh, he must have been at the um, at the release. He was he had some regular VSOR apple brandy VSOR. That sounds delicious. Peach brandy VSOR. Um. And then this beer, which drew drew some attention from me, a Tony. I'm I'm excited to get your view on this. This is a turtle cheesecake coffee lager from Modest Brewing in Minneapolis. Tony, this doesn't sound good to me. But what do you think? Um, I think if it if it drinks like hoppy jet fuel, hard pass. Um. Now it's it's a lager. I mean, it's going to drink like I don't know what that's going to be like. Now I will say some of these beers need to settle down, and this is a problem with modern modern transportation practices mm. in the fact that breweries don't have enough time to shelve these beers. Like say somewhere like Dupont, who who stored their beers for for three months before they hit distribution. I have a suspicion that this beer, six months down the track, may be super drinkable, but is not... It'll just taste like lager. It won't have a coffee or turtle cheesecake flavor to it. Well, I actually think it'll still taste like those things, but I, a com, a, not a common... A perfect example for this was Deeds Brewing and their Vanilla Slice um, okay. beer. It was an ale, but it was a pastry ale that was completely sure. blonde in colour. The first time I had that beer, it was hot and estuary. I had a second can. I kept that in the fridge for three months. That um, heat just completely disappeared. The vanilla still popped through enough to know that it was still a vanilla slice. It actually worked. It lost that that chemical edge. I'm not giving this beer a pass. I think if you put it out, yeah. you have to judge it on where it's put I, out. This sounds yeah. terrible because of the use of of lager. You need some malt backbone the, the, with a pastry. The cheesecake part of it, Tony. That's what's really getting me. I actually really? don't mind coffee lager. It's the cheesecake part of lager. Having cheesecake as part of your lager flavor is very odd to me. It means you're putting presume. I'm presuming that there is lactose in this lager. Absolutely, yeah. And the cheesecake part isn't the part that bothers me. It's actually the lager part. It's like make it with an ale. Use some of those esters to your advantage. Okay. 
I, I just I, the lager part doesn't bug me because I like lager. Adding cheesecake to lager bugs me. Not turning a lager into an ale. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the style is the style. It's putting the stuff in it that I don't mind. It. A turtle cheesecake stout is whatever. Okay, fine. Make this a yeah. I agree. They should make this a thirteen percent barrel age stout. Yeah. Then it'd be great. Yep. But it's a lager, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem. Okay, my bigger problem outside of that is is the ten and a half percent. Then if we're gonna is it ten and a half percent? Yeah. No, it's not. Isn't it? No, you're looking at the other beer, Tony. Oh. You're looking at Max Allotment beer, which was triple IPA. <laughs> Whoops. I apologize. This beer is. I'm, I'm is, scrolled up. I'm not sure what the alcohol on it is. I guess here we can find out right quick. It's. Uh, what do we got here, Tony? This beer is called First Call Frappe. It is. It's getting a 4.08, Tony. Ooh. And it's maybe it's good. It's six point five percent. Sorry, I was confused. So this is essentially these. like an imperial lager. Um, what percentage? Six and a half. This sounds all right. I don't have a problem with this. All right. Uh, what is then, a turtle cheesecake? I know what a cheesecake is, but is a turtle cheesecake just a, a cheesecake? It's just covered in caramel and chocolate and peanuts. Okay. Yep. Or coffee. Um, okay. And coffee. Yep. So it's uh, I don't know, Tony. All right, maybe this is awesome. Four point oh eight. Here, somebody send me one, and I'll tell you if it's good. Yep. Sorry, I was confusing beers there. I'd scroll down to the bottom. Um, yeah. So Max Allotment did post on here. He was drinking Continual Spectrum, some Burial Trippy up Triple IPA, which I believe I've had, and it kicks ass. And I'm still sad that I'm not getting Burial anymore. That's okay, Max. I'm glad somebody here is getting it. Um, Look, is it any consolation that I'm drinking a um, imperial stout, and I don't mean like an imperial in Australian sense, but a proper imperial stout that's four point one standard drinks? Um, so, if I'm confused, I apologise. But yeah, this beer comes in at twelve percent. So, hey. All right. I'm drinking some 10% hop slam right now. So Yeah, but you're only no drinking problem. half a can. This is a, a proper no, I, 440. I'm not going to be drinking half a can. This is a 16-ounce can. Um, what's 16 ounces? Three? No, it's a four, 440, I think, right? I, I no, think we're drinking the same amount. Of, yeah, same size Yeah, of giant beer. Uh, what else we got, Tony? I like this. Nick Torqua, before he came on your little adventure, was eating some fucking smiley fries with curry sauce, and I was kind of jealous. Um, now, looked pretty good. Just some packet curry sauce here. Not no, no. You know what? Nothing wrong with that, gang. I will say that his daughter hadn't had the smiley-faced um, potatoes. So, uh, yeah, that was sort well, of an experience for her. Corey pointed this out. My my wife said this before, and I never did this. You have this. We have the smiley French fries. They're not mashed potato shapes. They're little. They're not French fries either. They're little. Um, they're just little fried things like this. And you would squeeze the ketchup in them, and the uh, the faces would blush. You'd put the little <laughs> ketchup thing in there. Cute. Um. Oh, Corey was also talking about how all the, the curling teams are all screwing each other, which is just 
<laughs> true. I should have watched Italy versus Sweden. That was probably a good one. Um, uh, apparently, my Pro Bowl under bet didn't hit. Uh, I wasn't paying attention because I was winning at blackjack. Oh, well. Um, what else we got, Tony? Uh, is that just about it? I think that might just be about all we've got. Um, oh, other than, oh, booze is coming back to Southwest airlines. Uh, Tony, hell yeah. Yay. You love Southwest airline. I do. So um, gotta get me some Nickelode ultra. Uh, you can get line and kugels on there. It's the best. Um, I think they actually have Sam Adams, which isn't a great deal, but once, once Oktoberfest rolls around, you get that Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which is actually pretty good. Um, all right, Tony, why don't we hop over, uh, into, do we have any mail keg info this week? We got anyone asking questions this week? I don't think so, no. unless I've already clicked on it, but, uh. Nah, we, we don't have any new questions, I don't think. Uh, it's just Max Allotment saying that, uh, he was drinking a pint with Ben Franklin, which is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, all right, Tony, let's jump into the beers of the week. Griff's Lager. Of the week. Griff's Uh, Tony, this week I had to go a little more modern with the lager. Um, uh, despite as much as I, I will say, Trumer Pills, the permanent lager of the week. So we're just going to skip that one for now. But I was drinking a little Modern Times, Modern Times Ice Pilsner. This one had a little bit more of a of a bite to it, Tony. This stuff was was pretty nice. I I, um, I gotta I gotta give it up for these guys. They were. Doing a nice job here. Yeah, it's it's only it's not getting a huge rating. This one has Czech saws and Tony, you're gonna like this. Australian summer hops. Good uh, choice. In here. So um, it was it was nicely conditioned, four point eight percent, only getting a three and a half rating with sixteen thousand check-ins. What? Not very good. Guys, y'all need to practice your rating. Um, <laughs> it's a lager. But of thought- course it's gonna happen. I thought it was very tasty. Uh, Tony really liked the the ice ice pilsner from from modern times. Um, don't didn't couldn't find any cans of it here though, and um, you know I, I've been struggling with buying because I, I bought some Weldworks pilsner, which was which was good a couple weeks ago, and it was like fourteen dollars for a four pack, and I can get a six pack of Trumer pills for seven forty nine. So. Um, I, I don't know what to do with that info other than just, I guess I'm just buying Trumer or Freem. I'm, I'm treating myself to Freem for $11 and then I'm, because I get six of those and then I'm just sticking with Trumer the rest of the time. Yep. My lager, you, yeah. my lager of the week was the Bohemian Pilsner, the second beer we had at Craft & Co. It's exactly what you want at 12.30 in the afternoon on a, on a hot Melbourne day. Um, drank like a Bohemian Pilsner, more body than a German Pils, uh, 5.5%, um, really delicious. Nice. Pa- pairs perfectly with pork crackle and a um, little bit of coriander spice on the on the pork crackle. Delicious. What a great pair. Sounds wonderful. If I, I could find it that, on yeah. Untapped, I would rate it a 4 out of 5. Classic Bow Pils score for me. Very nice. Uh, Tony, how about some of our uh, non-loggers of the week? Just the regular type. Uh, 
Ooh, Tony, I think I got to go with what I'm drinking right now because I do love it and it makes me feel like I'm back in the Midwest. It's a little bit of the Bell's Hopslam, Bell's Hopslam, now, oh, now in cool. a big, big fucking can these days. Really? Um, Not a 375 yeah. mil 12 ounce can? No, nope, we're in the old six, 16 ounce can. Uh, this is a big boy. Um, it is tasting really good. Double IPA with honey, ten percent. I think tasting awesome this year. This is a good batch this year, Tony. So Lion Lion was not able to ruin Hop Slam, and they haven't ruined Two Hearted yet. Uh, this beer is tasting great. Has a killer color too, kind of this amberish clear color. It's really enjoyable. Bell's Hop Slam will always be a classic to me. And I'm very lucky that they're getting it here in here in Las Vegas. So very happy about that. Tony, you had so many beers. I did. What you got? I've got to give a shout out to the one I'm drinking right now. It's a five star, but it's not my beer of the week. That's the quality of beer I had this part, mm. past week. This is a barrel-aged Imperial Stout. It's by Mr. Banks. It's prestige worldwide. Um, prestige worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. I know them. It's... Um, <laughs> It comes you like in, dancing around on a boat or whatever they were doing in that movie, you know, Step Brothers. Let me just check it out on Untapped to see if I can get a blurb <laughs> for you, and then I'll get you to do an impromptu Untapped. All right. Prestige Worldwide. What style yeah. is this? You said Barrel Age Imperial Stout. Barrel Age Imperial Stout. A right. big, rich stout. Base even before spending nine months in Heaven Hill Bourbon Barrel A, Bourbon Barrels, Um, then aged on Tahitian Barrel, uh, Tahitian Vanilla Beans. Sorry, this guy. Do not let Tony run the game because he can't read. (laughs) This is one to be savoured and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Did you want to take a guess? Okay, so you have have, have. Two hundred eighty check-ins. Uh, this one sounds really good to me. Nine months, though, not a lot of heat on this. I'm gonna go with four point two eight. I can give that to you because it comes in at four point three four. Absolutely oh, yeah. in the not ballpark. Far. Not hanging yeah. out. Not not uh, playing with any of my porn. Or yourself. No, no. I already had my dick in my hands too. This is a real shame. But but that isn't my beer of the week. Great beer, oh, all no. the same. All right. <laughs> I don't have a description for this one. All I will give you is what the beer actually is, which is called Raphael. Not really mm-hmm. helpful. But it's a coffee citrus sour from Molly Rose Brewing. Okay. It is a golden colour. Comes in at 4.6%. It is lemon citrus up front, but aged on clean coffee beans in the back end. Sounds wonderful. I love coffee and citrus. So you're so this is so these are roasted beans still, or is it? Is yeah, it, this is not green okay. beans. So you definitely so get these that roasted are, yeah, character. We, so, so you get the roasted character, but what what kind of what kind of coffee are we looking at? Like a is this going to be a more acidic, like your African type roast, or are we looking at something more chocolatey? Where, where, are, you, where are you getting off of this? No, no, because it's pairing with the lemon, they went for an acidic sort of 
pour over. I don't know whether you can put it down to a continent. In my view, I think it comes down to a roasting principle, and mm-hmm. and this is something more suitable. Oh, okay, for, so Tony thinks I'm over. racist now because of coffee. That's Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> huh. all right. Well, I guess not. Yet another thing that I have to get canceled for now. Uh, this is crazy, gang. Um, all right, well, that sounds good to, too, Tony. What you, so that's a five-star for you. you that said. is a five-star for me. 109 check-ins. Did you want to take a guess? That's all the info I can give Oh, you. man. Tony. Um, 4 point what percent? 8? 4.6. Oh, man. See, I, this is hard because these Australians, I can't figure you out. I would put this at like a 3.9... Four or something. You son of a bitch. Three point nine five. All right, that's pretty <laughs> <Fuck> good. <you. laughs> All right, I like that. That's bang on the mark. Uh, well done, sir. Well done. I'm, I'm starting I'm, to. I'm sorting. I'm sorting it out. Yeah. Uh, some of these. Some of these. I don't want to call these a gimmick beers. They aren't those, but they no. are. Um, I will. I will say they're like stunt beers to a degree, though. They are. I mean, there's something like. There is something on. You're not drinking six of either of those beers. You know what I mean. I think typically. you could have the citrus sour, to be honest. Oh, you could, but it it probably it feels like it would get expensive at least. Oh, it would get expensive. But my point with this is, in saying that descriptor of coffee citrus sour, it makes sense if you know coffee. You're sure. a guy that I knows do, coffee. You know, it sounds, no, it, I mean it sounds delicious. It doesn't sound like they're doing a gimmick, but it does sound like it's something that. Um, I mean, it could be a year round, I guess. There's no reason that beer couldn't be a year round beer, I guess, other yeah. than you don't want to buy that much coffee, I guess. I, I, I don't really know, you know. Um, in the area hey, it's in, it that makes third sense. wave coffee is not cheap. I don't know. No, no, it's um, not cheap. Yeah, no, fair enough. But yeah, no, I, uh, I want to try both of those. They both sound lovely. I'm actually going to try to drink some Imperial Stout after this show, so. Let's get a move on. Um, okay. All right, Tony. Well, not not even true because I still have to finish like fourteen ounces of hop slam. So, um, Tony, why don't we why don't we do a you know kind of the only important segment of the show, which is hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Dork shit news. Damn. What if it was about dork shitting, Tony? What do you think? That'd be interesting, huh? I don't know Just whether kidding. a podcast would actually do it justice. I think that's more that something goes on a on a tube, but not a tube that starts with you. Oh yeah, you know, Tony. There is a. This is unrelated, but it is news. Is uh, the uh, you know the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend? We got the commercials and everything. Everybody's doing a bit um, right now. So um, Tushy, which is I, I don't know exactly what I think they're like a bidet type company, maybe. Yeah, I think they um, are. I think I've heard them on podcast advertising. And um, they want people to post their after game day shit on Twitter in a thread. <laughs> they're trying to do rate. They're trying to do rate rate my turds or whatever. Rate my poop on uh, on Twitter. Can I rate that? We're only a couple. We're only a couple years away from Guesser Muff being a being a Super Bowl commercial. I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, but we're we're a sandwich place, and we're actually selling muffaletta sandwiches. But we're actually going to use the the old blog <laughs> Guesser Pastrami. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just really. <laughs> 
really nasty. And then also today on Twitter, Adidas posted like a mural of a bunch of ladies' breasts. Um, trying to say like, oh, we fit sports bras for all these different types of women. And you're like, what is this? Um, I don't have an, I'm not offended by it. I just don't get it is sort of where I'm at. <laughs> I'm offended by it as a, as a, as an advertiser, even though I'm not an advertisee. I'm not understanding what I'm supposed to be purchasing. Anyways, Tony poop and boobs aside. Um, so antitrust watchdog, Tony, this is getting to the hardcore news. This is fucking big boys shit right here. Uh, antitrust watchdog calls out beer behemoths behind Elysian, Red Hook, and other Northwest breweries. So the U.S. Treasury Department is recommending greater scrutiny for any mergers in the beer industry, Tony. So uh, a little bit of uh, concern here. So what do we got here? So um, there, this report reflected the, the Biden administration's government-wide commitment to a fair and competitive economy. Um, so they were... Uh, they were not happy with the old Anheuser-Busch uh, buying up all of these breweries. So they're trying to, they're trying to, um, the antitrust folks are getting involved. So, Tony, do you think this is going to affect anything at all? No, I do not believe it will because most breweries have capital listed under Fifty million, and I believe antitrust lawsuits don't really kick into assets over fifty million. So for those those medium to larger breweries, where you're talking over fifty million dollars in assets, then sure. yes, this does have a place, especially if Molson Coors own over sixty five or sixty six percent of the market. Um, Molson and AB, I think, together own 66% of the market or something like that. Okay, because I think one of those markers is exactly where antitrust comes in. And if you I mean, this is is why they have to keep trading all of the big brands between countries, right? So this is why, like, one country uh, manages the Corona brand in one fucking place. Uh, or one company. And then in another place, Corona is managed by a different company. But isn't Corona a bad example? Isn't that Border Modelo that own Corona? Well, I I think it just depends on who who markets it and who who creates it and sells it. I mean, there's there's a difference. There's something to do with, I mean, I know Diageo has some of that too, where Diageo controls some of the Anheuser-Busch brands in different countries. Or whatever. I, I mean, don't don't quote me on any of this shit. I mean, yeah, and don't, don't quote Brewbound, or or do quote me on it, and then get me in some trouble so I can get yeah. so we can get some fucking pub. But it's it's interesting that you bring up antitrust because one of the podcasts I listen to, I'll shout out another podcast that nobody will go and listen to, is a podcast called Opening Arguments, and they delve into American law, and they were actually discussing uh, Microsoft's. Uh, potential takeover of Blizzard and why that the stakes in that were um, fraught as far as the takeover goes and why that could involve an antitrust lawsuit. And that's where my, my thing about the $50 million comes in yeah. um, because that was one of the key cra- categories. So I think Molson Coors, what they're doing is not necessarily moral, but what they're doing is is legal so it's 
up yep. to the Biden administration to actually legislate, unlikely considering Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are a part of that party to actually... And even Joe Biden to a degree, yeah. Yeah, and to actually do anything about uh, this. But while sure. Anheuser-Busch control a huge percentage of the market, do I think these will actually move forward into lawsuits? No. Do, do I think do, this will affect Anheuser-Busch in their practices? No. Will it stop them taking over bigger breweries? Yes. It'll just mean they get in earlier. That's all. Well, I don't think they, they haven't really been super active lately. These two either is the interesting part that this is all coming. You know, this is one of the, uh, this is one of the hallmarks of, of, of shitty legislation or, or doing stuff, uh, keeping up appearances is what, what brewery, what interesting purchase was made by AB or Molson Coors in the last couple of years. I mean, yeah. So we had bells, the bells, you know, thing. We had a couple others get bought by international, uh, brands. We had the Kings and convicts fucking VC purchase. We had the can't, we had the canarchy thing. We had, um, the lion stuff. I mean, this, Anheuser-Busch getting bought by, was that the same company? Or not Anheuser-Busch, sorry. New Belgium getting bought. Was that also Lion? I don't remember. Uh, but, um, you know, some of these other ones. And then, and then even even somewhere in there, I mean, I know Anheuser-Busch bought a couple others mixed in, but they were kind of meaningless. But the, um, you know, Firestone Walker and, and Boulevard and stuff with Duval, you know, none of that, none of that seems to be affected by this, so. I, I don't know. I think I think the mergers and acquisitions will continue unabated, but I think they're just changing character, right? So it tends yep. to be sort of your 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 not instead of your super mega breweries, it's your large, medium to large size buying your small to medium, and so on and so forth, right? I mean, that's pretty much how it's going. Um, and while I understand yeah. the the want for people to understand what is independent and what is not. Is there any way we can actually legislate that? And does it actually hold any sort of merit? Isn't it up to us as consumers to actually, if we want that, I'm not necessarily saying we do because I would still drink Bells if Bells holds up. Um, if If we want that to be a part of our purchasing decisions, surely that's on us in a world where we can Google this stuff. It's not like it's hidden from us these days. All I have to do is put in Bell's Brewery into Google and I'll know who owns it within 15 milliseconds. Sure. I don't understand what it is. It depends on how fast your internet is that day, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, if I'm on 4G, well, that's a second and a half. If I'm on 5G and I've had all three vaccinations, Maybe the fourth if I'm, I'm from Israel. Um, that shit is going to be lightning fast. Fair enough, yeah. All right, Tony, here's some news that matters to me. Uh, Freem Family Brewers will be transitioning their seasonal and limited 500 mil bottle beers to 16-ounce cans. Yes. Yes, Tony, they've been selling these lagers like they're Hellas Lager in these Euro bottles. And now there's problems with the Euro bottles, Tony. It's not that I don't like drinking out of them or using them. I don't care about that. Storing the tall Euro bottles is hard. I get Uh, that. Yep. In a fridge. I don't like having to put, and I have my little mini fridge here for the show right next to me. (laughs) And the Euro bottle has to go in 
sideways. I can't stand it up in there. So you don't like doing that anyways. But whatever, for a couple days as a logger, it doesn't matter. But the uh, the can- now with these 16-ounce cans, you're going to get a better price point. They're already decent. The Euro bottles are like $4.99. You're going to have a better price point on these. And they look fucking dope, dude. They look awesome, the cans do. So they're going to move all this stuff into 16 ounces and four-pack cans. And this is going to start this spring in March, the core lineup. Of, of Pilsner IPA and Hazy will, will stay in the uh, single serve, um, uh, uh, sorry, in the six packs. But, um, yeah, they're bringing the Hellas Lager. They're going to bring the Vienna Lager, the Bright Pale, which is really good. The um, uh, uh, They got that Mosaic Pale. They have all kinds of good stuff. The Export Lager is killer that they did in these, in these 500 mil bottles, and they're switching to these cans, and I can't wait. That's very good to me. Yeah, I, yes. I understand that it's the correct move from a fridge space point of view. My big question is, is this the right time to be doing this, given the availability of cans? You know, I don't know about, I don't know what the situation is with cans right now. I, mean, I remember talking about this a while back. If it's still, I mean, it's presume it's still the same, but maybe Freem had a big order. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it recently. Uh, the breweries around here don't seem to be running into any issues with cans. Okay. So um, maybe it maybe was it's like still toilet a problem. Paper. I don't know. I mean, it, it was probably a little bigger than that, but it's also the thing where it's like there is some, I do think there is some level of uh, withholding going on in this supply chain also. So uh, I know there's real stuff happening. I get it. Uh, I remember the fucking Suez Canal thing too, but. Um, I do think there is some sort of weird amount of withholding going on with this can stuff. And so people are switching, switching to cans. People are back. All the cans are available. Nobody's complaining about it. Maybe it was a temporary problem. I don't know. Yep. Now this to me, I thought frame was already available in cans, all their stuff. But what you're telling me is they only had the smaller 330 or 375 mil. Pills, yeah, Pills was in the 375 mil can. Yep, as a six-pack. And pack. The, IP, the regular IPA, yeah, in a six-pack. And the yep. uh, I think the Hazy might have been in there too. But um, No, yeah, the rest of it, all the seasonal stuff. Now, they'll probably still do their, like, reserve stuff, their sours, their barrel age in these. And they did those in, like, the three... Maybe it's a four, like a three seventy-five, yep, mil bottle. Yeah, yep, we have those. You know, um, and that was fine. You know, I think that's fine to keep in there. You know, there's sours and stuff, keeping corked and stuff like that. I don't know, that's cool. But yeah, um, the other stuff, I think the I think the mid the mid level seasonals, the lagers and pails, the clean beer, will start coming in the uh, in the cans, which is cool to me. Sounds good to me, Tony. That's a big win right. for Griff and his fridge space. It's a big win for Griff to get Hellas Lager in the cans. That's all I really wanted. All right, so Tony, I think this, I don't know what sound effect to play for this game uh, because uh, this Ooh. week, Tony, I got super lazy and uh, I didn't come up with anything good and I didn't feel like doing anything. So today I have found, this is uh, in the stupid idiot um beer things to do and it's going to be funny i hope but i found some fucking beer trivia tony on the internet and i think it'd be fun 
for me to put you through the ringer. Uh, this is a beer quiz of 25 questions to test your beer knowledge. We aren't going to do 25 questions. That's pretty good, yeah. Very good. It just goes on like this. It does. I didn't realize when I created it. No, for so long. Very good. So, Tony, I'm not going to do 25. I've got five of these here that I'm going to hit you with. Okay. Um, yeah, news the game. That works. This is from the internet, and the internet contains news. So, it I does. think that's fair. I only get and my news from infowars.com or prisonplanet.com, the site that Alex funny, Jones used to run. A lot of funny shit in here, Tony. I think you're going to like it. The Great Beer Quiz by bighospitality.co.uk. Oh, Jesus. Um, with a new breed of millennial drinker demanding a better brew, it's never been more important to know your beers. That's right. Mm. Uh, we are we are millennials, I guess, huh? Um, now, this isn't that old, though, so it is an interesting set of people to pinpoint. Uh, take our quiz to discover if you're lacking in the lager stakes or whether you're a bona fide beer geek, Tony. Let's find out. Let's find out. So, Tony... How about this? Which of these is an easy one for you? Which of these is not a type of hop? So A is Millennium, B is Tomahawk, C is Pilgrim, and D is Victory. I'm going to go with, oh, C, Pilgrim. Tony says C, Pilgrim, and he is wrong. The answer that is not a hop is D, victory. Uh, Is it not? According to bighospitality.co.uk, the trusted source on hops, victory's a brewery, I know that. Victory hop, I'm sure. Is victory a hop? It's a bold, spicy... Oh, no. No, I, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we Damn check it. the other ones? Is the Pilgrim hop real? Yes. Okay. Okay, so you wouldn't have got it right anyways. No. All right, Damn. so Tony's 0 for 1 in this, in this very important quiz. All right, here's another one, Tony. How many calories does your typical pint of 5% lager contain? Okay. Uh, this is relevant to us. We're both healthy, so we're going to want to know this. A is 185, B, 200, C, 215, or D, 285? 285, D. Lock it in. You think, uh, your pint of 5% Lago has, Lago has 285. I do, considering the health-conscious um, white, white claw crowd, too much alliteration there for somebody that's just had a four- Four standard drink beer um, comes in at under 100 calories as a big marketing point. I think a beer is at least two and a half times that, hence why I put it in the 285 category. Tony, you are not a big beer nerd because it, the answer is C, 215. <sighs> Damn. Now, I thought 285 sounded high too. I was actually going to go around 200, I think. 
Problem is, I was about to answer 185 because I think a 12 ounce of your typical lager is around 185. But I'm surprised that it's 215. Um, that that's that is pretty high. 285 would been wild. All right, how about this? Oh, Tony, I'll get here's a freebie for you, Tony. I'll give you a freebie. Here you go. Freebie. Okay. This is what is the name of the Brewdog beer with the highest alcohol by volume level? A is Tactical Nuclear Penguin. B is Squirrel's Revenge, C is The End of History, and D is The Twilight Zone. A brew dog. Everybody's been liking them lately. So, okay, so you're going Tactical Nuclear Penguin, and that's correct. Tactical Nuclear Penguin. Uh, Now, Squirrel's Revenge is a funny answer because some of them do come in taxidermied um, fucking squirrel heads or whatever. Bodies. So not good. Uh, All right, Tony. You're so smart. You're one for three. I am. Uh, how about how about this one? <laughs> uh, can, okay, we're just going to read this. Here's one, Tony. <laughs> Good luck with this one. What is the key ingredient of the beer, Bureria Calbrona? Is it A, is it yeast, from a yeast from a hornet's stomach, B, bacteria from Parmesan cheese, C, a yeast strain cultivated in a beard, and D, part digested coffee cherries. Now, so the key ingredient in Bureria Calbrona. Oh, who does the maple bacon donut beer? That's, that's Rogue, I believe. Tony. Would Rogue name the beer? What's that beer called? Bureria Calbrona. Would they name it that? Yes, um, I think they would, because I know he did do one with his beard, um, okay. the head brewer. Um, and I was part of a, a brewing session at Good Beer Week at Moondog OG with him. So I'm going to say it's a beard yeast. You know, I appreciate that you were able to use evidence as a guest, but unfortunately it is yeast from a hornet's stomach is the answer. Uh, this beer has yeast from a hornet's now you good luck harvesting that. Yeah. <laughs> you now need let's talk, what kind of Yeah, what what do you what do you need? How do you do it, Tony? Tell me give me the play by play here. Well, you're using a scope, uh, uh, what's his name scope? Um what are they called? Where um mm. you have one up your wrinkle and you also have one down your throat. The um An endoscope? Endoscope is the um rear end. Isn't it, or is that the throat? I'm guessing they use that's the throat, honey. You know, a col- col- colonoscopy is how you that's get, right. get one up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying they're taking a colonoscopy and they're shoving. They're, they're no, a, they're using an endoscope. endoscopic tube. Yeah, a and microscopic. They're going, oh, they're going into the mouth. You're saying they're yes. not going to the hornet's ass. Yeah, okay. They they go in via the proboscis. And that's oh how yeah. They're harvesting. Yeah, I would. You know what? You don't want to get involved with a hornet's proboscis or its ass. Those are both. Problems for me. I'm yep. not looking to get involved. I'm not now. Now, what do you think? Do they? How do they? Do you think they harvested it from one and then they cultivated it? Is that presumably what they did? It may not be one, but I'm guessing they had a small. Um, Any fucking nest. hornets, dude? Like a nest? Yeah, bro. Those are fucking them. Them's nasty. Yeah, but not all hornets are the same. There are a bunch of hornets that are more docile. And maybe they can be treated with smoke. I'm guessing it's three or four hornets 
then they cultivate off that because there's too much chance if you're only cultivating off one. That's just right. my view. So, Tony, I think you're one for three now. Yeah, I'm not doing great. I'm just, yeah, I don't know how many of these we're going to do. Uh, at least five, but I'm just going to keep scrolling through them until I find some funny ones. Um, okay. <laughs> how about this one? Uh, how about this? Here you go. Who is the world's biggest brewer? A, Anheuser-Busch InBev. B, China Resource Snow Brewery. C, SAB Miller. Or D, Heineken. I want to say it's Molly Rose Brewing, but I'm going to have to go with A. Anheuser-Busch, you're right, Tony. That's correct. Uh, you're two for four. Nice job, Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. Still holding strong. All right. Augustus would be proud. Now, Tony, I, we're gonna we might have a problem with this one, so let's see because I haven't looked at the answer to this one yet. So let's see if 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 we if we agree with this one. Which of these has not been used as a flavor in a commercial beer? And our our dedicated listeners who have been with us will know at least one of these is has been a commercial beer. Yep. So A is pizza. <laughs> okay. B is coconut curry. C is cheese and onion crisps, and D is lobster bisque. So which of these has not been used in a flavor in a commercial beer, according to bighospitality.uk? Now, it should be noted that Nick Talk is not a fan of bananas or coconut. Just saying. Wow, coconut. All right. I know it was controversial. He said it may blacklist him from our Discord, but I said... (laughs) I would never, I would never blacklist anyone for flavor uh, desires. Uh, now, banana, I don't like either. Banana and beer is weird. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the coconut curry as the flavor. Just a wild guess. No other reason. No logic. No. So, Tony, thinking. I don't have any reason to believe this is true or false. They didn't pick pizza. If they had said pizza, I would have had to. Uh, I'd, I would have had to call nine one one. I really don't know the other, any other way around it. Um, but they said C, cheese and onion. Cheat, uh, oh, yeah, 112. Uh, cheese and onion Triple crisps. zero in Australia. Cheese and onion apparently, crisps. Apparently, che- there has not been a cheese and onion crips beer, um, which I tend to agree with. Um, that doesn't sound good. as much. I, now, cheese and onion crisps sounds good. I mean, you... Yep. I don't. I don't know if I've ever made this clear on here, but I get made fun of it a lot by our friend Brian. I'm eating onion stuff. You you put onions on something, you got your boy knocking down the door. Hook it up. He's not eating onion. onion stuff. He seems like an onion kind of guy. Oh, he is. He just picks on me for wanting like a big pile. I made one time. I made a quiche Tony for Easter that had three eggs for some reason only, but it just <laughs> ended up being a barely held together caramelized onion tart. <laughs> and it was fucking awesome, by the way. But it was not a quiche. I don't know why it was called a quiche, but uh, it was good as hell. All right, Tony, let's get one more in here. Uh, what are you? You're you're three for you're two for five. Let's see if we can get you one more. That's pretty good. Uh, ooh ooh. All right, here's a classic for you. What is the oldest beer brand still being produced today? So you got. Augustiner, A, uh, B is Weinstefan, C stop is Chimay, stop, stop your and questions. D is Duval. 
B. It's B. You're right, Tony. I'm not even looking, and it is B. Tony, you went three for six in the most important fucking beer quiz that's ever existed. You will be serving up these millennials with some fat knowledge drops. Uh, they are going to be so schooled by your by your brain, um, and they are gonna um, they are gonna have to go back and cry all the way home till they can till, to Hogwarts and read more Harry Potter and uh, whatever else it is that millennials do. Um, Tony, I think that's good enough. I did a game. I didn't write it, but I did find something that was barely humorous, so I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I, th- I think it is. I think you've done a marvellous job with all the other work you can do. We can give you a pass for one week and one week only on your game. Lift your game next week. Or if you're going to come up with this game again, give me some um, – sort of heads up and I can come up with a super long over bloated intro. Right, we should to- have a long drop for I was lazy. That would we can uh W2s if you if you can clip I was lazy and uh and and clip also um Madison Cawthorn can't walk on his legs and jump into a drop for me and we'll make that the lazy man's game drop. Uh that'd be pretty good. Uh, all right, Tony, why don't we let people know where they can find us if we're, they want to see that we're getting drunk? Yeah, if people want to find us while we're getting drunk, we are on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. You can see some of the beers that I had on my Melbourne walk with the great Nick Talk. You can find Griff and his adventures in Las Vegas at Griff AD on Untapped. Where else can people find us, Griff, if they want to? Tony, the Golden Knights are losing five to nothing. Yes. Wow. Uh, not good. Uh, yeah, people, uh, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, we are Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Um, you can also email us, beerengineshow at gmail.com. If you'd like to get us on the Discord, try either of those routes. Uh, you can drop us a note on Instagram. You can send us an email and maybe we will see those things potentially. Another uh, good way to get on our discord is to give us a dollar. Um, you can go to co ko com slash beer engine podcast. And you which can somebody give us did a, this week, which somebody did. Thank you to our friend, um, Corey, uh, AKA the grammar purist with an E <laughs> I believe. Right. Wasn't it him? I, I, I don't was. know. I didn't say it. I didn't log in. No, I believe. Uh, I believe the grammar. The grammar. The Kelsey grammar purist, not the grammar purist <laughs> okay, uh, of of grammar fame. And if it was, if it was uh, the the gram the grammar purist uh, who who like knows where letters should be capitalized and where semicolons should go and stuff, then I apologize. Uh, but I believe it was the gram air purist uh, who only likes Kelsey grammar pre nineteen eighty seven. Um, he's a purist in that way, but, uh, thank you to him for that, for the generous donation. And thank you to everybody who's given us the donation over the last uh, few months. Um, if you're interested in giving us a tip, like I said, ko ficom slash beer engine podcast, and you'll get the discord link, no contact necessary. You don't have to listen to us. Well, you should listen to us. You probably did have to listen to us. You don't have to look at my text. How about that? You don't have to look at what I'm saying with your eyeballs and dirty those up too. It all just goes in your ears. Uh, Tony, I think that's about it. What else you got? Nothing? No, I think it's time to sign off. Of course, your hockey team may be down, but the Bulls did win today, 121-109 against the Charlotte Hornets. Play the hey song, baby. Hey. All right. All right. See you all next week. Bye-bye.